Welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast. My name is Erica Johnson and I'm your host. So Let's Talk About It is presented by the Fountain of Life Youth Ministry in preparation for our Renew 2020 conference, which will be held on March the 21st this year in the Hazelwood community in Pittsburgh. So the Renew conference will have a focus on repair, refuel and refresh and remember all of which are needed in our lives as the lessons and seasons change. So these pre-conference conversations are being had for the purpose of us being intentional as a ministry to make sure that we are serving in areas correctly and so that we can curate how we offer ministry help and support to the youth and young adults in our community, specifically surrounding these topics. So I am very excited, very excited. And for this first episode, we will just be discussing the concept of renew or renewing. Um, So this is going to be pretty open. I have Day and Debbie with me here, and I'm going to allow themselves, I'm I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves and say their full names because I know I'm going to mess up y'all names. (laughs) So Debbie, I'm going to let you go ahead. Here you go. Uh, Hi, I'm Debbie Schaffnett, and I'm not sure... Well, um, let's see. I'm an administrative service coordinator with Chartier Center. That's what I do as a job. I work with youth um, in the McKees Rocks area of the city. Um, I have worked on the north side for 12 years with youth as well. And um, um, right now I'm a member of Lifestone in Homestead. And we have a brand new um, youth group of youth that are coming to our uh, church so we're really interested in this subject of renewing and uh, so I'm excited to see what Day has to say about this um, my name is Dejanay Hips and I am a member of Greater Love Ministries youth group and I go to Lifestone with Debbie and that's it okay thank you don't be nervous girl don't be nervous it is so awkward talking and like hearing yourself so just feel free and and just just be open don't be scared don't be scared so we're gonna dive right in um with renew so with this whole concept and having the things underneath it, like refuel, refresh, repair, remember, I really, before getting into those, I wanted to just talk about what renewing looks like, um, what it feels like, the, the fears behind it or the disbeliefs behind it, because I think a lot of us, including myself, with the things that I've gone through in my life in the past, there were certain things that I were like, no, nah, I don't think this is going to ever be able to be like renewed, like reestablished, re like a redo. Like, God, can you just do a redo on that part of my life? I just never thought that that any that any and everything was included in that just because of the way that your mind is based on what you've experienced, your thoughts, the the trauma. Sometimes you have like physiological reactions, anxiety. We've had conversations, Debbie, in the past of, you know, just worries. And so I really wanted to hear from other people's perspectives of what does Renew really look like? So my 
first thing that I will say is the definition of renew, which I looked up and this was brief. It says to renew is to renovate, to repair or to restore, um, making something the way that it formerly was. And I thought that was a really good definition. Um, and then there was another version of it that said to renew means to bring back to an original condition of freshness. And it says to renew, I think it had an example of like to renew one's enthusiasm or to resume an activity after an interruption and interruptions stuck out to me as well. And then it also said to reestablish. So I just want to hear from you guys. What is your own personal definition of what renew looks like for you and it doesn't have to be like renew is x y and z abc but just renewing for me was when I had this time in my life and this is what the process you know kind of allowed me to flourish into so anybody want to go first you want a good day yeah all right um well Renewing for me was when I started going to camp and I went to a campfire and I didn't really necessarily speak about what I went through, but I related to some of the stuff that the other um, young adults were speaking about. So I like had a moment, I had like a breakdown and started crying and um, started worshiping with the other kids and the adults. And I don't know, I felt like that was a big renewing moment for me. Like the interruption for me was the stuff that I was going through. And I was renewed whenever I went to camp and I started going to church again. And yeah. Um, I want to say that I don't, I didn't know day before that experience but I know her now and um, seeing who she is now and seeing the uh, I know this is a phrase that gets used too much but the potential that she has like I just see so much leadership in her um, and this spirit inside her that wants to learn and wants to know God more and um, just I think share the renewal that happened to her I don't even know if she knows this but sort of share that with other people and um, I'm really looking forward to the ways that that's going to happen for her and the other thing about renewing when you're talking about this and I am twice the age of both of you <laughs> but thinking that renewing is something that never stops because since I've come to Homestead I've had people say to me that fire that you have that fire that you have that's a renewing, you know? So I feel like God is always doing that, bringing yes. us to a new place to restore us, a new season, like you said. So this is an awesome topic. Absolutely. Um, so when you said that it's a continual thing, it absolutely is. And it's funny that when I thought about the concept of renew, it was almost like, you know, those... Um, that like green recycle like logo I could kind of see that kind of like logo in my mind because it, we never stop renewing there's always going to be something that always just needs to be looked at and to be worked on and 
to be kind of like repaired, to be worked on and with care and with love, refuel and refresh. And so I just love how in this conversation, it's literally laying it out and it's all connected. It's all interconnected. Um, one of the things that you said, Day, that stuck out to me is you said, that was my interruption, right? And I was like, oh, that's good. That was your interruption. There was something that kind of happened to you that kind of interrupted who you were or interrupted how you functioned in your life before that thing had happened, right? And then you had to go through that process of being renewed. And when you said that, I thought in my mind, wow, there were a lot of things that I had as quote unquote interruptions. And I never looked at it from a perspective of this is just something that's kind of pausing right now, but don't worry, don't fret, don't, you know, don't, I mean, it's, it's okay to, to experience and feel because that's life and we're human, but it's like, don't allow that to stop you and keep you where you're at. Like when it says, oh, we pause for this, you know, brief interruption. And then you go back to the regular program as scheduled. And it's almost as if like a lot of us have these interruptions and then we're just like stuck in the interruptions and we're stuck there and we're fighting and we're trying to get out. And then I think a lot of like depression and anxiety is so big in our generation that that plays a huge part. And you just feel like there's so much on your shoulders. You can't get out of it. You don't know how to get out of it. And so... I think what I want to go into now is when you find yourself in these these interruptions and these states of you're kind of stuck and you're going through life, how do you pull yourself out and what are your key people? And even as far as the church, since this is a youth ministry conference, how can the church play a role in helping you? And even as young adults, Debbie, we're young adults. <laughs> Even as young adults and for teens, I know it's different with different generations, but how can the church really play a role in, in helping you in that renewal process? So I'll give it to you, Debbie. Um, I never really knew how to pull myself out of those situations, like the interruptions and stuff. Like, I never really knew how to pull myself out of it. I would, like self-harm a lot and go through a lot of depression and went in and out of western psych and stuff like that like I've always been in like therapy I never really knew how to get myself out of um those situations but like I learned whenever I just kept going back to church like when you're in a church and the songs that they play like the worship songs it really like gets into like you can actually feel it like it really gets into your head and into your soul so like, listening to a lot of worship helped me, well, it's currently helping me with some of the situations that I get myself into or other people get me into. Um, so, like, being supportive in the church and the music and the love and the bonds that you create actually helps you in those interruptions. I feel like... Um, Day's words are helpful to me as being an older person in the church and um, a person that if they could see us here, they would see the difference, the real differences between Day and myself, <laughs> my age, and I bring up the color of my skin because I'm a, a white person, an, an older white woman in a 
primarily black neighborhood. But that has been my case anyway. Normally, I I have always been in those situations and been been the minority anyway. Um, but what day's showing me is the same thing God's showing me is just love. Like all I need to do is love. I feel like God gave me that gift to love, and I really want to just be able to touch somebody and feel that I really love you it doesn't matter how different I look that um, we may have more similarities than differences and uh, it's just important that they be able to share that with us so that we can share what we have like I think like maybe oh, I'm a little afraid to share my love with her because she might go like oh you look so different you can't possibly love me but or understand, or understand yeah. and yeah and that takes me back to that green recycle thing we were talking <laughs> about. It really is this continuum of, mm-hmm. of love and sharing. That was really good. Um, when it when you talk about love, love is love is something that it covers all things, and I think even for myself, it's hard for me to really like fathom pure love it's very hard and even when we go through those interruptions and that's why I think therapy is so good because as Christians a lot of us are like you know I'm just going to pray it away and that's good pray there's so much power in prayer but there is power also in you know doing the work that comes with healing and doing the work that comes with with what you're trying to do in your life and even in therapy, it allows you to just release what's going on and it kind of frees the space to receive the love. Because I think a lot of us are just so like crunched up in our spirits and crunched up in our minds and we're just dealing with so much. It's, it's hard to really receive love. I'm trying to remember this quote um, that I had written down because I do a lot of like poetry and writing and things and I went through depression as well. I mean, I had moments where like it was bad and I did not want to be here anymore. I was just like, I don't see purpose in my life and God, you could take me now. You know, I don't want to be here. And through that whole process, you know, I didn't do what you did. I didn't go to therapy. I didn't talk to people. I kept it into myself. And then I had a boyfriend at the time and I would always lash out to him and he would see me like during my breakdown moments. But I never really went to therapy until I got into my like mid 20s. I think my first time going to therapy was maybe 26 or 27. And I think that is a lot of young people like that's the narrative that we have. We go through it. And then in retrospect, we come out and we're like, oh, wow, that was a lot. But I think I'm trying to remember this quote. I think it said something like you can be in front of a beautiful flower. But if you don't see your life as beautiful it's not going to be looked at in that way and I think it was like our our eyes are covered with layers of thought it was something like that and it was just kind of how your mind and the way you're processing things based on your mind and your thoughts it's going to be hard for you to receive a beautiful flower if if it's going to be that hard for you to look at looking in, in a garden and see these like beautiful flowers and like oh, just smell them and smile 
how much harder is it going to be to really receive love from people who truly care about your soul and truly care about, you know, your well-being. And I can remember being in that state. I can remember looking in fields mm. and, and saying, it's such a beautiful day. It's so sunny. It's gorgeous outside. People got their little crop tops on and, you know, their cute little sandals. And, you know, I'm, I'm a nature chick, so I love to, like, take walks and look at the flowers. But I was in such a place where I, I would go there and I just didn't, it didn't register to me like the sun shining yeah but it feels like there's a gray cloud the the flowers are blooming yeah but it, it's a gray cloud it was just layers of of thought and so I I love that you are open and share that you have went to therapy and I love that Debbie you you shared about the love it's, it's the core of it and the last thing with renew that I had was remember which was remembering your resources and keeping the main thing the main thing which is love i literally wrote that down so that's funny <laughs> um but it's remembering your resource it's remembering this is what i have i have love i have people i have god's love i have god who uses people to love on me and i also have the word of god and there's even love in that and there's power in that and so i i just want this to be an encouragement to Anybody who feels like they're stuck or they're in an interruption or there's past situations in their lives where they're like, yeah, I don't know how I could ever get past this or reestablish who I was after this, that there is hope for that to change. It takes work and you should, you know, do what's necessary. But there are people who have been there. And there's people who want to support you and to love on you through the process, even if you fall back a couple steps, you know. Um, and that's for me what I what I want to exude as being someone who is a part of the Christian church. I think a lot of people, when they think of churchgoers, it's kind of like we just go to the building, we praise and worship, we hear the word, and then we go home. And I'm huge on if we are in the church, we are the church, you know, we're the church. And so it's, it's at this point now in 2020 where I'm like, I feel so free and talking to people, talking to you day, talking to Debbie, talking to people that I meet like a giant Eagle. I think I saw a young girl at giant Eagle when we were talking and I'm like, yeah, I am the church. It's that story. It's being open. It's sharing that love. It's giving someone a smile when they're, even when they don't smile at you first and, and just being in tune and knowing this is what someone might need that plants that one seed that kind of starts that one conversation or gives that one invite or whatever it may be so that they can go in that renewal process. And so that's that definitely hit home for me, that that love and and just having the support and and using the support, using those things. So. I think the last thing that I want to touch on is for our panel, because I know Debbie, you're going to be on the panel day. You're going to be on the panel as well. We're going to curate some questions. So I would say what would be um, a, a question that you feel like you really wouldn't want to ask or something that would kind of be like taboo in the arena of renewing something maybe like, that you feel like a community mem community member would have and they would kind of be like afraid to want to ask or or bring up or anything like that. Do you have anything surrounding that for the panel? Um, so I'm just trying to think if you were like um, a question related to a job, I 
No, anything that anything that you feel like might kind of be I keep thinking of taboo. So something that when we have because when we do have the panel, we're going to have like a community Q&A, like an unfiltered Q&A. But we're also going to curate questions for the panel prior to. And is there anything that you feel like would fit into the panel for questions as far as like I'm trying to renew, but I'm, you know, I'm stuck or I'm trying to renew, but. I don't know, my family life is kind of difficult. So like, how do I navigate all of these like other situations that I feel like are kind of stopping me? You know what I mean? No, go ahead. I don't know, this might be totally not what you're looking for. But so what came to my mind both times was this, the topic of sexuality. Mm, because um, my husband and I feel like God loves everybody, 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 everybody. And anything that, anything within those boundaries uh, that's between that person and God and our job is to love mm -hmm. everybody. And I feel like um, young people, maybe most especially, if that's something that is a topic for them and they'd say, well, I'd like to renew and I'd like to come to church, but this is a, you know. Yeah, and if it. I feel like we, it's our job to love them, so... That's what I think about that. <laughs> um, it's not really like a question, but like what you're saying, like, I under, like I've had people stop me from going to church because of my sexuality. Like I was in a really bad space. I'm only 17 and I already went through like the worst relationship ever. It was toxic. Like it was just not good and I just wanted to go somewhere where I felt loved and I felt like I would have support but I really didn't get that like I got told oh you're not like how do you want to be a Christian if you're not even like it was just like the questions like a lot of the questions that people ask and it usually it used to get under my skin but it doesn't really get under my skin anymore because I know who I am and I know how God loves me so but I mean it's not really a question but I've had people stop me and hold me back because of that. So, yeah. Wow, that that's a good topic. That is so good. Um, with my job, we go into schools and we talk to girls between the ages of like 9 and 11. And the second day that we went in, because we do once a week, the second week that we went in for the second session, um, the main topic was same-sex relationships. And for me, in my head, I'm like, okay, what do I say to them that, that does not make them feel unloved? Like that makes them feel like you're disgusting. Ew, no. And so I was processing it as I was listening to a lot of them and what they were sharing. And I think that's so interesting that you brought that up because that's huge with our generation. You have nine and 11 year olds that are already having this as like a main topic of their conversation, bringing it up and asking me like, Miss Erica, what do you prefer? And so it's, it's in their lives and it's something that's so ingrained in their lives that we as outsiders who do not fully know who they are, who their souls, how their souls are, how their minds are working, what they've gone through, what they've experienced, what they're looking at, what their parents, because some people have, you know, two moms or two dads, us out from the outside looking in cannot be 
so haphazard in trying to change people. We have to understand that God does the changing and God does the convicting and God does the molding and the repairing and the healing. And our job is to love them and to pull them in and to accept them while they're going through that process. And again, even if they fall back a few steps, there's people who, you know, I have friends who, you know, are in relationships and they're like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I've known them in college for years and I've loved them the same way. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I hear you. And they've done it. And sometimes they fall back or or they still struggle and they go back and forth. And I just think that's such a good topic. So it's really making sure that we are, being open and accepting of of knowing that everyone is is experiencing some type of struggle mm-hmm. and loving them through that and that is difficult and i think within like a lot of old churches it's probably more difficult too um newer i don't know i don't know is that the right word to say new age maybe, maybe new age i don't know millennial church i don't know <laughs> But I think a lot of newer, new age, millennial, however we're going to word this. We're going to look up some some new millennial uh, words for the next uh, topic for the for the podcast. But I think it might be a little bit easier because it's there's like multicultural, multigenerational. There's all these different like polychromatic things. You're like, oh, tons of people are coming here and they're they're from all different walks of life. So you feel a little bit more free, whereas the older churches you go in and you either see like one demographic and it, it is hard. It's difficult to to open up and feel free, you know, and to and to just move forward and really renew. And I think that is crazy that you said all of those things that the people were saying to you held you back. You said it. Well, it didn't hold you back ultimately because <laughs> you're here now. But you said that a lot of those things were kind of like pulling you back. And and that to me, that just boggles my mind. And sometimes a lot of people do those things and they don't even realize it because it's like religion. And that's just what they've been taught from from going to church. That's what their grandma and their mom told them and what they hear from their pastors. And so that's what they say. And it's and they don't even realize that this could potentially kind of be stopping and halting that renewal process. And and to me, I'm like, wow, go ahead, Debbie. I just feel like why is that the topic that becomes a focus? If somebody comes into the church and they weigh 600 pounds, I'm not saying to them, you know, you got a problem with feeding, don't you? Or or whatever else it is. I just, we come in and we love them. Yeah. Right? And that's so, yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, I even know. I don't want to say the church because I don't know. They're not on some here. Like, like the church wise, like no one outside. You know, honestly, I don't even care. Um, I went to this church. <laughs> I went to this church in Homestead with um, Patrick and Walt, and that's where like I start. I didn't start going to church there, but that's where like the beginning of everything. Um, happened for me you know and I've seen people that I was really close with that were in relationship with the same-sex people get talked down on by pastors there and 
I've seen them treat us like we weren't, like we weren't humans. Like it was, I've seen stuff like that. And it was to the point where I kept myself and my sexuality in the closet. Like I would, only certain people would know about me. And then it would come to down to my family my and my sisters asking questions like, do you have a girlfriend or do you like girls? Stuff like that. And I would be so, I wasn't scared, but I didn't want to get, shut down and shamed like I've seen other people have that I was close with so I would tell them oh no can you stop talking to me about that or like I would try to change the subject because I didn't want to like go through the stuff that other people were going through but now I feel more I feel more open like I'm pretty everyone who knows me knows now I mean I really don't mind what people say like I tell that to people all the time everyone has their own opinion Everyone's going to think what they want to think. They're going to say what they want to say. But I know who I am. So it doesn't really bother me as much. But I still get, like, in my moments where I just sometimes feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said nothing to anyone about it. Maybe I should have kept it away because I see a lot of stuff on social media with people. um, And I get a lot of questions. Like, I'll, like, post a random picture. And um, someone will be like, why do you, how, like, I've got this question so many times in school, my ninth grade year, um, they had already knew I had a girlfriend, but she went to a different, she went to the different um, school, and I was talking about church the one day in math class, and I was, like, playing the music out loud, and people were actually listening to it, they were listening to it, but I got a question by someone that was supposed to be my friend, and she said, how are you a Christian? but you're not even straight. And I didn't even know how to like to answer that question because it was like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like it was weird. And I, it came to the point where I just started telling people, I'm not a Christian. I just go to church. And I started telling people that because I felt like if I told them oh, I'm a Christian, maybe they'll just keep asking me these questions and they'll keep saying the stuff that they say to me. Like it was just a point where I just felt like I didn't want anyone to know, but now I'm so open about it. And, I mean, I still watch what I say to certain people because I don't want anyone to get uncomfortable being around me. But I'm more open to it. And I like hearing people talk about it and see how they feel and open up about their sexuality because no one should have to be shoved in a a closet because no one wants to be accepting. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. um, So she, she asked you. Why are you a Christian? Yeah, a lot of those people. I was like, I wasn't in shock, but it was like in front of the whole, in front of the whole class though. And I mean, the school that I was at, there was maybe only ten kids in each class, or fifteen. But it was people that I was supposed to be friends with, and I was super close with. And I know people would say like smart stuff behind my back because how they were, they weren't super accepting. But someone I was super close with, I wasn't expecting for that. And then to say, like, in front of the teacher um, that I've known forever, and she didn't even know about it. And it came to the point where the whole class got quiet, and I just sat there like, um, oh, I'm not a Christian. I just go to church. And I just start telling people that. But I'm not going to, like, tell people that I'm not a Christian because if I feel like I am, then I am. And I'm not just going to let someone, because of how their opinions are, stop me from saying what I am or what I believe in so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh, being a, a Christian is being a follower of Christ and 
if you are building a relationship with with Jesus Christ and you believe that he's the son of God and you're allowing how he's working in your life to continue to do what he's doing, that's you being a Christian. And I don't know why sexuality is so ostracized. Um, it's like that one thing that's always pulled out, right? And it's so sad that that one thing, and I mean, I, I'll i go back and say, I do know that it's like they say, um, what, what, do, what does the Bible say? It, it's like sexual immorality is us doing, we do sin against our own body. So I do, I can see why people put that apart from the other sins, but that should not allow that one sin to not allow people to be free in their walk because it's a walk. It is not something where you snap your fingers and then you're just, everything is the way that it's supposed to look on this perfect cookie cutter. That's nobody. That's Jesus, but that's absolutely nobody. And to me, Knowing that this is an area that kind of blocks people from being free, I wonder if there are some type of like support groups or support systems or I don't know within the church for young people, because it's crazy. We're talking about renewing our lives and and, and our minds and situations and and because of your sexual orientation, because of your preference, that's stopping you from from renewing and so when you were talking I read this book it's called gay girl good god it's by Jackie Hill Perry have you ever heard of her before she yeah she wrote that book I think I went to like an event it was um poets in autumn and because you know again me and poetry is like I went to the the poetry event and um I heard her speak last year But when I heard her speak against this year, I was like, this girl is bad. Like the way that she articulates how she feels and the way that she shares her story was just amazing. But I want you to read that book. It's gay. It's called Gay Girl, Good God. And she goes through her process of being a believer, being a Christian. She experienced sexual abuse when she was young. And for her, that was what kind of had her. She did not. She was not interested in men at all. And so, you know, she had her process of having girlfriends and having relationships growing up. And then she said that something in her, and I mean, girl was going through this and she was like a teenager up until like 20s, I want to say. She said something in her changed and she said she she wanted it, she desired, she still wanted to um, be with her girlfriend and, and X, Y, and Z. But she also said that it was something else that was kind of pulling her and no other person, which goes to my point, can pull you away like God can pull on your spirit and your soul. God knew exactly the time, the moment and 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 what had to transpire for her to feel that tugging because you feel that tugging in your when you're like, hmm. Is that you, God? I don't want that to be you. I don't want to listen right now. I don't want to know. I'm doing what I'm doing because I've been there. Like, no, I'm not. No, I want to do what I want to do. This is not fair. I give you everything else. Give me this one thing because I want this. I want it. And so who are we to try to take that place and to pull on you in that way? That is God's job. And our job, like Debbie has said, is to love you through it. 
And that's just an eye opener for me because I have to watch myself and how I talk to to younger people regarding sex because I could easily just be like, well, yeah, it's it's a sin. You're not supposed to do it. But we all have something that we're not supposed to do that we are consistently doing. And I don't know why that is so ostracized. I have to really like look into that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So much on this topic. We don't all understand how it all works together. I know people that I had a friend who had three baby boys and then got pregnant with a girl that had male chromosomes. But when she was born, she, the, the child looked like a girl, but was a boy, but they're raising the child as a girl. So I think in my mind, what happens when this girl mm-hmm. grows up who's really a boy, mm-hmm. but is she wrong to like girls? Is she wrong to like boys? And then who should be the judge of that? Nobody. Nobody, because we, own, we God. God, only God, only God knows the heart of a man. So that's God's, our job is just to love people. That's it. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, um, the other day I was just talking about this with um, Pastor Keith that I told Debbie about um, because someone I was super close with had asked me this question and um, she's like, well, do you ever feel like God is telling you not to be in a relationship with a female and stuff like that? And I was like, there's been moments where I had like there's another youth group that I go to on Saturdays and we've talked about this subject a lot like when people get that feeling that God is telling you not to do something or he is telling you to do something and you don't want to do it or like you're trying to stop yourself I've had situations like this like I've always questioned it too like I would be in a relationship with someone but then I would question it like am I really supposed to be in a relationship with a female am I really supposed to um feel the way that I do feel and I've had situations where I would try to end like the relationship but something was telling me not to like I don't know if it was just me and my own head telling me not to or if it was God telling me not to like it's just it was this I don't know it was this big conflict that I've always had and I've just I've recently just had it like four days ago I was just up all night talking to Pastor Keith about it because I didn't know what to do and he told me um, that he accepts me and loves me for who I am, even though in the Bible it says something else. And he also told me that he just learned, and I just learned, that somewhere in the Bible it said that when God created men, he took a rib from, I don't because I don't, I never read, yeah, and that's how he made the females. And he basically, like, he was just telling me about, um, how he thinks that that is why God wants us to be in not in the same sex relationship, but at the same time, who knows, like maybe God, maybe the Bible is just saying this, but who knows what if God is really, there's certain people meant to be in a relationship with someone in the same sex. And there's certain people that really isn't supposed to be in Like, it's just, it's a, a big confusing. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I I was just saying, though, it's your journey. I think that's the point. It's between you and God. And you, if you love God, you have a relationship with God. You talk to him about it. And people that you trust, 
and you just keep moving forward and you keep loving God and you keep trusting God and you see what happens. But yeah, I agree. I, it, it is, it's a process and it's a journey. It's a walk and you're going to have your moments of confusion. You're going to have your moments of not knowing of questioning. Like none of us really know. A lot of us go to God and we're like, God, and a lot of times I've gone to God, like, God, your word says this. I stand on your word. And then other times I'm like, well, God, I don't feel it. I don't understand it. I don't see it. I don't get it. And so that's your process of going through it. And he will he will continue to develop you and pull on you in the areas that he needs. I guarantee you that. I guarantee that, no, if you, if you don't do anything else, but you stay connected, truly connected with God, and you're truly being open and talking to him in prayer and just pouring your heart out and that's hard to do right like talking to him like he's your homeboy like god i feel this way and and i'm about to do this and i know i don't i don't know if uh, but this is what it is help me give me help give me wisdom give me strength give me grace like help me i guarantee you he's going to come through and like she said it's going to be your process um this was so good. This was so, so good. Thank you. And thank you for being so open because I would have never have thought of that topic for Renew. When I'm thinking of panel, I'm like, okay, we're thinking of like stuff in our lives. We're thinking of trauma, healing, repairs, you know, healing. But that whole arena, arena, I should say, arena, that whole arena of of sex and, and the preferences, that is really a big thing right now. It really is. And it's crazy. I, I didn't even put two and two together because we literally was just in a school with these nine to 11 year olds. And I was like, they talking about this stuff at nine to 11. I'm like, you guys don't even like, I don't know your kids, like your babies, like your 17 day, but these were like preteens. And so it just shows how paramount this topic is. And this cannot be taboo in the church. This is something that needs to be talked about. This is something that should not shun youth away because of the topic and because it's not discussed. It has to be discussed. It has to be shared. And you should never feel belittled or down on yourself or like you got to come in like the dog with his head down or the tail between his legs because we're all going into church looking for some type of answer, looking for some type of help. And um, I just think that this conversation was so good. Um. I'm like kind of at a loss for words right now. Like, wow, 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 wow. So that's definitely going to be one of the topics um, that we'll make sure that we kind of focus on when we have the panel. And I'm sure that a lot of other teens and young people in Hazelwood are kind of, you know, experiencing or feeling the same. Yeah, they have to be. So I'm, I'm excited to continue on with this conversation. Um, we're probably going to do another one maybe next Saturday or the Saturday after and just kind of have these leading up to it to the conference but I'm excited I'm very excited March 21st look out for it it's going to be in Hazelwood and we will see you guys another time bye